Welcome back to the Happy Spouse, Happy House podcast. We are Brian and Christina Robertson here with another episode. It's going to be a good one. Hey, my beautiful queen. (laughs) What are we talking about today? We are going back down the memory lane. And we're going to talk about when we moved out of your parents' house into our own place. Thank Jesus. Yeah, that was uh, interesting times. But before we get started, we're going to pray ourselves in like we always do every episode. So here we go. Lord, we just want to thank you for the opportunity to speak on this podcast. We thank you for the privilege to have the freedom of speech to be able to say what we want and speak about what we want and talk about your word to share with all these beautiful people. Lord, we just ask that you help us. Speak what you want us to speak and let it be uh, good and pleasing in your sight, Lord. We ask that you just bless the person on the other end of this podcast, Lord. We ask that you just show your presence in their lives, Lord. We ask that you just open their hearts and open their minds so that they can understand what they need to hear from you, what they need in their life from you, Lord. So we just ask that you bless this episode and everything in it, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Okay. So... Last time, we kind of got off on a tangent, talked a lot about communication, what was good, Mm -hmm. but the story continues. So we were living at your parents' house. Oh, yeah, and you know, that was a horrible time. Well, (laughs) (laughs) it wasn't great. Anytime you're living with somebody, it absolutely stinks. Sucks. It's horrible. It's not fun. It's. I think the thing that people don't realize is that when you're not in your own space together, everybody else and what they do affects your relationship. So you also have those outside voices. You need to move out. You need to not be doing that. You need to not go spend your money. You need to not go. Why would you go buy a car? Why would you do you? you, All these outside voices Mm -hmm. is something that affects. Your relationship Mm -hmm. when it shouldn't because the people who are usually saying that are the ones that that have broken relationships. Well, not always. Not always, but it's just it's something that should not be brought into your relationship. Well, well, here's the other thing is usually when you're living with people, you're living with one side of the family. Mm -hmm. So you have the one-sided opinion of the family based on whoever you're living with. So they're going to be more jaded in their opinion towards one person or the other. Right. So then that causes more problem between spouses. Exactly. So it's like, uh, so we just encourage you that if you're living with other people, it's really important to be living on your own as a married couple, especially if you're brand newly, brand, brand new married because newly newly married. Because you're in that honeymoon stage, you want to be out running around naked. You want to have as much sex as possible. You want to just be free. Yeah, but not just that. You want to have your own rules and do whatever you want. Well, let me get there and stop interrupting (laughs) me, (laughs) ma'am. I'm so sorry, dear. It's okay. (laughs) But but yeah, it's you know, there's a lot of there's a lot of great things about being out on your own. You know, the things you can't do when you're under somebody's roof. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, we we know of people and we've been those people that, you know, oh, yeah. <laughs> were in there and 
were afraid to have sex or couldn't be intimate or I mean you just could we couldn't even live our lives because we were just so spread out and the house was a decent size but it was also you got to cook dinner by this time I cook dinner at this time right I do this you need to do the dishes right just the, all the rules are just it, it just it's like a huge looming cloud yes. over your relationship yes not and for us it was our family yes but you know it, it really hindered our relationship and that's why our relationship got better in the first couple of years when we moved out but not just that it also strains the relationship with those people so right. when you move out it's weird because you lived with them so now it's like there's bad blood there sometimes sometimes yep. sometimes it's not but in our situation it was yep so at that time we still had our lawn and landscape business, and we just were like, you know what? This was the time when gas was yet again four fifty a gallon. It was too expensive. Um, and funny, we're in that same spot now. Anyways, but um, we decided, you know what? We just are not having good luck with employees. We didn't have people that were really sticking around. So we're like, you know what? Let's just sell our business, start fresh. Yep. And just we just pretty much started fresh with everything. We sold our business. My husband got a different job. We moved out. And we finally were able to be in our own place. No, it wasn't the greatest place and the biggest place, but we were happy I for mean, a while it, it, because it, it was new. <laughs> it was new. It was also we went from having, you know, a, a tiny little basement to That's true. You know, what we thought was a decent sized house. You know, well, it was good at it, the time. It, it was. It would have been great for a family of maybe four, yeah. not a family of seven. And True. then, not to mention, one of the first things we did, we went and got <laughs> our our boys, Diesel and Turbo, the two dogs that were cooped up from in the animal shelter. They they came from a house that was. It was a yeah, huge house. Well. It was a huge house, but they were all they were kept in the garage in a for, cage for twenty three hours out of the day. So <laughs> the first thing they did when they got a chance was they were they escaped eighty eight out the gate. They, they yep. was running. <laughs> they were they got to stretch their legs. Mm -hmm. You know that that was a happy time because you know I had I was always told no, you can't have dogs. And so I was like, well, I want it. You know, pit bulls are, were a big thing. Mm -hmm. And so we saw, <laughs> we even went in there. We're only going to get one dog. Yeah, and somehow every time we say that, we always end up getting more you, than we bargained you for. You tell me. Yeah, we're only getting one dog. And I and, speak it into existence against what I need or and, want. And then uh, it's you're like, oh, yeah, well, okay, we'll take both. Oh, they come as a package deal? <laughs> And I give in every time. And then I drive myself nuts because I keep saying no in my head, but then I let it happen. But, you know, that was like the <sighs> first real, uh, you know, decisions that we had gotten to make as a family. That's true. It was it was fun. They were great dogs. They yeah. had they were excellent with the kids. They sounded like bears fighting in the backyard when they were <laughs> when they were playing. Uh -huh. You know, but we were happy. We we were happy to have our own space. We were happy to actually have a driveway to park in. Mm -hmm. um, we were just happy to have our own stuff. The move was a pain in the butt, but... Yeah. I hate moving in general, <laughs> so just like moving all that was... Yeah. 
Luckily, though, we didn't have a lot of furniture because we, you know, never had a house. So exactly. we were kind of starting from scratch. So exactly. that was the good thing. But it was just a lot. And you and me had to do everything. And the way the house was, it was just crazy. Yep. But, you know, after a few months, the money from the business started running out. So it was time for you to say, okay, I'm going to go work for somebody else. And yep. We went from being entrepreneurs and running our own business to going back into work for somebody else mode. And that's kind of where the trouble began now that I think about it. Like, if you really think about it. Yeah. That's where things started to go downhill. Because I was not meant to work for somebody. Yeah. I never. Yeah, but for some reason, you always got stuck with people who just, like, weren't good managers. Like, I don't know. Or bosses. It they, just... they were. There were few that were okay, but I don't know, well, man. Well, not just that, but they. They, some were good at their, at the business, but they were horrible managers. Mm -hmm. Some were horrible at the business and horrible managers. Like they were just horrible all around. Right. So it was like, you know, we were trying to live out on our own and do all these things. And then we had this new stress of, okay, now we got to figure out how to, you know, survive. And so, you know. He finds a job and he um, works for somebody. And then it was about a couple months later that I decided that I had to go and get a job too because it just wasn't working. I, was, I wasn't getting paid what I was worth. Yeah. Well, and and you know, we live in an we lived in an area that was very you know well paid. It's just I don't know, like the. The amount of money you make, you'd have to make a serious, serious amount of money based on where you live. Right. So, like, for us, it was like we were always trying to play catch up and we could never keep up because I, it was just so expensive to live where we live. Yeah. And, you know, again, that time when gas was high and all these things were happening. So, we were just trying to survive. So, once that happened, though, I feel like everything just totally went downhill. Yep. Because I wasn't able to be home with the kids like I you, always had been. You weren't able to be home with the kids. So that put a strain on the kids. They started acting out uh -huh. because they needed their mom. I was dealing, Physically. You were physically exhausted. I was physically exhausted because I was working 70, 80 hours a week. I know. Trying, hey, I was there with you in try, the beginning. Well... Uh, my job starting out was stressful. I was yeah. working all day. Trying to, you know, pay for it. Right. But. It's it craziness. But I think, like, in that time, we learned a lot of things that we probably could have avoided. But we just decided, you know, we were kind of like doing our own thing. Well, you know, we weren't on. Once again, we go back to the childhood, and we go back out. We go back to the Titus too. Is teach your children how to live. Teach your children what it's going to be like. You know, or if you can't teach them, at least inform them. You know, we weren't. My parents didn't teach me. I mean, for goodness' sake, they're still doing the same things they were doing forty years ago. Mm -hmm. The same jobs. So it's like. They didn't teach me about taking care of their house. Their house is still the same as it was when it was built in 1982. Mm -hmm. Same carpet 40 years later. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like I, they didn't teach me how to, you know, live, how to pay, take care of the bills. They didn't teach me any of that. Mine didn't either, really. You know, I, they so, could say they tried to teach us, but they didn't really because, 
you know. You going, oh, you need to pay your bills. Uh, Thank you. We know that. Everyone needs to pay their bills. Exactly. (laughs) But it's just like, you know, Titus 2, teach the younger generation and teach people around you how to live, how to do that. Now, so if you have children, teach them what, you know, what it's like getting gas. Show them. You know, if you can't teach them because they um, don't have the money to do anything like that, or it's basically more just talk to them about it. Right. Inform them. Mm -hmm. You don't have to show them all the bad stuff, but, you know, hey, you got to think about, you know, you're going to have your electricity, your water bill, your, um, your cable, your... All the like car even insurance, car, not just phone bill, car insurance. Um, how about you get your water in, but then they charge you uh, for it going out? Right. They, you know, that wasn't wasn't taught. Mm-hmm. You know, so you know, tell that that's one lesson where it's like, hey, teach your kids don't flush the toilet every single time. <laughs> We're gonna get a hate on that one. Well, if it, if it's yellow, let it mellow. If it's brown, front it down. That's yeah. our motto. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's true. I mean, if it's you think, make me crazy. Well, you gotta think <laughs> if you if you're putting out ten, twenty thousand gallons because you're flushing the toilet after every time you That's use true. it. There are seven people in our house. So. You know, it may be different for you know people who have a couple people in the family. Right, I understand that. But yeah, I mean, it makes sense. Like. We well, just, not, but well, here's the thing: we were we we had to grow up so fast. We never got to be like teenagers. So all true. all the times that we did stuff stupid and backwards, we were just trying to live a little because we were forced by our own choices. I'm not saying it wasn't our well, fault. Not just that, it you know we were trying to you know, <laughs> stay sane. Stay sane. We were trying to have fun because because we did choose to make choices, but we also weren't taught about stuff. It all it goes back to being taught. Yeah, but that doesn't excuse. Well, no, you can I, always learn. Yeah, yeah, you can learn, and I'm glad we learn this way because makes us more it, resilient. Oh yeah, it definitely does. But I don't know. It's I feel like we have set our kids up so much better. Yeah, I mean, even Deegan, even the even our kid, like the youngest that we have. He knows kind of how the world is starting to work. Well, they're very smart. We have conversations in the car all the time. And I'm just like, I, I sometimes I'm like, where did you learn that? Like, did I, like, did I really teach you that? Because that was just so, like, the, you know. it, it was funny because we, the other day we were in the car. And, you know, a lot, around here there was, like, stray dogs, like, everywhere. And uh, we saw some stray dogs. And my 8-year-old goes, you know, this world... A lot of people are trashy and they're gross and they're disrespectful. Like he said that he's like, people are just disrespectful. And I was like, yeah, a lot of people are. But you know what? That's why I'm trying to raise you not to be that way because you don't want to grow up to be like those people, do you? And he's like, no. So it's just funny because I say the word disrespectful a lot. Like I always talk about don't disrespect me. We're not being disrespectful. And he's starting to catch on. So it's like the kids are always listening. They are sponges. Oh, absolutely. So and, and sometimes when you don't want them to be, yeah. But um, especially like when they're younger and they hear you say cuss words and then they use it in context, 
And as an adult, it's funny, but it shouldn't be. But we're all sinners, so it was funny. Yeah. <laughs> and then it's so hard to unlearn that behavior. That's yeah. why you have to be very careful. Yep. I <sighs> mean, but who hasn't had their kid go, oh, damn it. <laughs> when they dropped something or broke something or oh dropped their food on the floor. It's funny. And you want to laugh, but you're like, I, I well, shouldn't because we, that enforces that bad behavior. And we saw a video from that house where the kids had spilled the cereal on the floor. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good you know, times. There was a lot of good memories in that house. There was also a lot of bad memories. Um, I know we're kind of just jumping around. Yeah, here. but that's, you know... Between that time, it was a lot of us just like doing all the wrong stuff. Like we just didn't, we just didn't prioritize prioritize things right. No. That's when stuff really started to go all crazy because I was busy working, you were busy working. We were just trying to keep a roof over our head. Right. You know the the price of food for seven people was ridiculous. Plus the bills. All we just weren't we just weren't very well prepared. Nope. So it wasn't until probably three years after that that. You know, we weren't living the way we were supposed to. We were being very bad people. We weren't, I mean, we weren't being bad people. We weren't being great people. Like, we were We were just kind of doing things kind of promiscuously and doing things we shouldn't and and talking to people we shouldn't and just no associating uh, ourselves with people we shouldn't have. Yes. I, no, <laughs> I, I, you know, I feel we don't talk, we don't just talk to nobody for no reason. Every no, person has a every purpose every person has a purpose. Yes. You know, well, sometimes we, it's to teach you what not to it, do. It is. It is <laughs> it is to teach you what to not to do. But there are you never know who you're gonna meet in this world. Or impact. Exactly. That's true. I mean I'm not saying like, I regret anything no, we met. I'm just I, saying that maybe the things we did weren't the greatest. Well, you know, and that's called being a human being. I know. You you Fall from salvation, you get back up on it. You fall again, you get back up on it. Yeah. It happens. It, it, but that time we weren't... Somehow, I kept saying this, like... And, you know, like I said, I, I was raised a Christian, so I knew God was there, all obviously. But I always said, we always figure out a way. We always figure out a way. And I didn't realize the whole time that God was there, literally holding us together. And I just didn't give him the, the praise and acknowledgement that he deserved, because mm -hmm. it was all him. Yeah. I mean... The whole situation. A lot of it was really bad. <laughs> and there were times when... I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm wondering how we even kept going at some points. But... It, it wasn't the greatest situation. It was great for the first... Like two years. Yeah, first two years. The third year whenever, when we, you know, went to work and did all of that. No, we went to work in the first year, babe. Did, uh, oh, babe, yeah. I don't, remember, I don't remember what I had for breakfast the other day, much <laughs> less three years ago. We moved know. in in December of 15, and I got my job in August of 16. And even then, that was barely helping because we had been young and dumb and hadn't paid our bills. and Right. So... Well, I mean, the only good thing about that kind of sort of was that I was able to get promoted, but yeah. then I was working even more hours yep. and having more stress on me, so that really didn't help. But you have to think about though, if you you think that blessing or that that job was a curse, but it led me back to church. It did. So you can't even blame that because if I hadn't have been there, I would have never met the pastor right. at the church that we went to. Right. Which led us 
back to me back to salvation, you to salvation. We both got baptized. Two of our kids got baptized. We met a bunch of great people. Yeah. We start we went to a life group. Yeah. We started this whole thing that we're doing right now. So really, all of it was for a purpose. We just didn't yeah. see it at the time. So, you know, for the past two years, before this year, so like 20, 19 through 21, it was a lot of us trying to figure out how we were doing things and just trying to like understand faith because I knew it, but I, you know, it's so different to be a Christian as a child and as an adult. As an adult, you choose to make those choices. You don't, you're not just doing it because your parents are telling you they're dragging you to church and you don't comprehend things the same way. So I can say, because I've done both, being a child growing up in faith and being an adult growing up in faith, it's totally different. Like, I know the basic Bible stories from when I was a kid, but I don't understand them like I do as an adult. I reading these verses, I'm like, I never knew this. Like, I never even knew this was here. So, I don't, I don't regret, I, that's one thing I always say is I never regret anything that we've ever done because one little change could have changed the entire thing. Yeah. And we would have been like right where we, where we could be not where we are right now. I don't regret anything. I maybe would have done things differently, um, but I don't really regret it. Like I wouldn't go back and change an entire situation. And I think the only reason we're here where we are today talking about this and being able to do this is because everything we learned through all that experience is what we're using to help people. Yeah, and uh, if you had maybe listened to me when I said I think we should move out and we should we can buy a house. You're calling me out on the podcast? I am calling you out. But, but wait. If you had listened to me, we wouldn't be where we are now because I I would have probably taken us somewhere else and mm-hmm. we wouldn't be where we are now. So if it was So I saved us. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> so if it wasn't for you saying, "No, we're not moving. No, we can't buy a house. We can't do that." Well, the interesting thing is how it worked out is kind of funny. Ironic, not funny, haha. Oh, you mean how the slumlord decided to Sell the house. Okay, so here's what happened. As a way to get us out. Here's what happened. So we were stressing because the house, we were fighting literally all the time about this house because there was stuff wrong with it all the time. And because we didn't always have the money to pay rent on time, we tried our best to, but we couldn't always do it. So there was always a fight about, you know, this. the living conditions are terrible. Like there's things in this house that need to be fixed and she just won't fix them. I mean, there there was even even pay, the fact that she accepted some of the money was the part that <clears throat> she was okay with that. So um, we had tenants' rights as we had been there for four and five years, and she just refused to do anything. So it was causing us to fight all the time. Like we fought twenty four seven about this stupid house because i wanted to take her to court because i was like well i don't want to i'm not paying this money for a house that's not even in a livable condition Uh uh i mean we were the house got to the point where it was like a a squatter's house wasn't that bad 
But it was... Everything was falling apart. Everything was falling apart. The windows... The plumbing was bad. The windows were bad. The walls were... Like, everything was bad. There was mold all over the place. And a lot of this was stuff that was there before us, but it was kind of covered up, and it just kind of came about as we lived there. And it just grew over time. But I want to backtrack a little bit because it's like we were trying so hard to, like, do, like, other side businesses and things for a while, trying to make extra money, and, like, things just weren't working out. And, like, I got to the point where um, I didn't know what to do anymore. Like, I changed a lot in that time. In that time, too, we lost, like, a bunch of weight. We changed our mindset a little bit. We came closer to God. Like, a lot of great things did happen, and it started to where we are today. Like, where we are today is because of those things. Right. But there's a lot of bad things that did happen that were we in the time didn't know. Like in the moment, it was like this is the most horrible thing ever. Like our two dogs got in a fight, and so we we had to put them. We had to have them put down. Well, because, we'll get to that part because it's kind of funny how that all worked well, out, though. I, I was. I guess I was going from we had to put them down, but. And then we didn't understand why we okay, had to do right, that. Right, so I was getting to that. So so backtrack a smidge. Okay. Backtrack a smidge. Backtrack, okay. Because I want to talk about Pennsylvania before oh, that. Yeah. yeah because that's sure. big. That's a huge part of this. Yeah. So um, you know, my husband was working for a few different people. Again, management was bad, things were going wrong. And he got this opportunity to work for an old boss that he worked for previously that um, they had a contract out of state. So this is when my husband really started to actually travel and be away from us, which was hard because the situation was just bad all around because the the people he was with weren't godly at all. It was bad at home. And so then I, you know, I and, you know, this time in our relationship, it actually had gotten to a point where I said, Maybe it's a good thing I'm away because this is what we need. Right. I remember you saying that. You're like, maybe it's a good thing I'm leaving. And then what happened was you left and we got further apart. And you thought it was going to us, bring us closer together because like, oh, absence makes the heart grow fonder. But then I got busy doing the things that I was doing and ignoring you. You were busy working and then coming back and then, you know, dealing with some boneheads that you were <laughs> working with. Like, we're talking about like these people did like drugs and like all this bad stuff. And it was just, and, and then COVID hit. So like all this crazy crap was happening and just the progression of everything that happened. Uh, the world was going to crap. Our relationship was going to crap. I didn't really feel bad. I was during COVID, I was working at the CDC, so I didn't feel too bad. Well, and, um, you know, it just kind of like, it kind of backfired of where we thought it was going to go. We thought it was going to be good because it was like, oh, well, we'll miss each other. But it actually it turned was, out. <laughs> it was good money. You know, it I, was good money. It was good money. The traveling kind of sucked because the car that I had kind of sucked. Yeah. And But you weren't that far away. You, you came home every weekend for the most part. Right. But it, once again, I got fired because of somebody else's stuff. I was trying to do the right thing. This is the funny thing about it. Every time we talk to this bad people, people will be looking at us like, mm-hmm, what'd you do? Like, you're the problem, the common denominator. The problem is, like my husband said, it's hard for him to work for people because when he tries to give his opinion about something, 
where she's actually pretty smart in a lot of things. When he, I've, people take it as a threat. I've, when I've <laughs> been in these situations and I have the insider information and the outsider information. Right. I was I I was saying, hey, you know, we could do this this way. It'll be safer. It'll be it won't be a problem. It'll actually be time can uh, time saving time saving. And anytime I try to give people that or I communicate, mm-hmm. these people get uh, all the previous employers got mad at me for not communicating when I was communicating to them or I was giving my opinions on, hey, this can be a, sa- a safety thing. This can be better. This can be this. I get fired for it. But I think, you know what? And it just came to me now thinking about this. I think that God moved you out of those situations because he knew what was going on. Like well, he knew. He, and I'm sure he heard the conversations. That, right. That you didn't hear when you weren't there. Yeah. So I'm like, I think it was all God trying to save you and move you out. And we just didn't realize it at the time. So it came closer to, you know, the time when um, <laughs> he was basically, well, okay, I'll go back a little because I had quit my job right before that. Mm-hmm. And we had done some things from home, which helped, but I still wasn't paying the bill. So then he got this job. Well, then, again, same scenario later on in that year, miscommunications. You know, my husband was like, Calling people out for doing the right, th- for doing the wrong thing, like basically saying these guys are doing this, th-. and then somehow my husband gets fired for it, which is odd. I'm like, okay, this is weird. So then, um, like this, we were talking about this dog fight happened, and this was like a whole traumatic thing. Um, and so we had to have two, we had three dogs at the time. Two of our dogs had to be put down, and then the literal day after that, we get a notice of basically eviction in the mail from our landlord. But because there was a moratorium, she couldn't technically kick us out. But what she did sneakily was saying, I'm selling the house. I can't afford it anymore. So I'm just going to sell it. So you got to be out by this time. So I'm like, what are we going to do? Like, where are we going to go? We wanted to move out. But I think we had just been so stuck and complacent where we were that God was literally pushing us out. He was like, you're not going to move. I'm going to make you move. Well, yeah, because (laughs) you kept saying, we can't uh, afford to do this. We can't afford to buy a house. We can't. Well, at that time, we couldn't. Well, but the, all the previous years, we might have been able to. So maybe, but like you said, we would have ended up who right, knows where. Right. And we just didn't. We definitely did not want to stay where we were. So no. it's like, you know, we take all these things and we didn't understand them. And now looking back, I I get it now because, you know, then we had to end up. We ended up moving in with my parents for a six not months. Just that we had to then move all the stuff out of the house into storage into a storage unit that was a whole thing in itself you had to run back and forth to sell the vehicle uh, and a couple things that were there we could not bring with us yeah. but like i said it, i mean we did it thankfully we were able to save money in that time and had we not done that, I don't know what we would have done because we were trying to move anyways. We wanted right. to buy a house. So it would have made no sense to rent a place for a couple months. Like nobody was short-term renting at that right. time. It was just not happening. Right. So. Well, not yeah, not even my family. <laughs> they yeah. had they had a place. We could have rented it. It would have been fine. We probably could have turned it into but again, a, a good house. But once God it, protected right, us. We weren't supposed to go there. Because that would have been a house smaller but, than we were already in. <laughs> but the funny thing was, was it came with land, 
And even, you know, I contacted my family about it. And they're like, oh, well, we don't know. But then now they could have had money for rent. But now the house is still sitting there. It's been sitting there for almost a decade. Yeah, and it's it's crazy. Cause that, we... that just shows the type of people that my family are. They sit on something for 10 years and just let it sit. And it gets worse and worse I... and worse and worse. Just like their house. And we were in like a dire situation. Like we need to move. Right. We, we need somewhere to go. And they were like, no, we don't want you to rent. <clears throat> and we were just like floored. Like what? But that we were so mad at the time. But now I'm so glad oh, that they oh, didn't let 100%, us do it. percent But it's just like in the moment, the dog <clears throat> having to put our dogs down, having to deal with this, having to move, having to not your family, your own family who has something that has been just sitting there not doing any type of money. I, I'm I'm very business minded or I'm I'm also thinking, well, if I can help somebody and make some money at the same time, what why would I not do that? Right. So I guess once again, we are the black sheep of the family. Yeah. Because, you know, we have common sense and stuff makes, you know Yeah, but you know what I don't mind. I honestly don't mind because I, oh, I, I don't feel mind. like we're way better off. I don't mind <laughs> it at all. But it it's in the moment you're sitting there going, why am I, is there a mountain sitting on my chest? I can't get over this. Look at all this stuff that just happened. But now looking back at it, it was, it's, when you look back at it, it's a molehill. It's not, it's a small, tiny speed bump. That is a great point to make in this moment. And when we were talking about this before, we started like, where are we trying to go with this episode? What are we trying to do? And I think that might be the message right there is, Whatever situation you're in right now, in a couple months or maybe a couple years, you're going to look back and be like, that wasn't even a big deal. Or this is why we went through this. Or that happened because of this reason. I can look back at everything now and I know for a hundred percent without a doubt why it happened. And I can see how God worked it all out through every single situation i mean i just just reflecting on that and now talking about it there's people that have come to us and say we have family living with us we are living with family it's so funny because literally the stuff we are speaking on is is what people are coming to us. We're going, attracting those people. <laughs> like, it's so ironic. We're literally attracting couples who are in the same situations we were in. Like, God is so, oh my gosh, he's so awesome. We like, have been put through this. I'm, for a reason. Well, I'm glad that I was put through some crap to help other people. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> Thanks, Lord. I appreciate I appreciate it. that. Appreciate the struggle. No, but in a way, that's kind of a funny thought. It's like, I appreciate that struggle, uh-huh. Lord. Because now I can see the fruit that's producing on the other end of, hey, I may have been in a, a crap situation then, right. but now I can help somebody else. And that's kingdom currency right there. Well, and that's one reason why, you know, moving, we'll, we'll get here. I'll... Find a way back to it. Yeah. Got it. Okay. And, but... We went to your parents' house, and I, I was like, I'm just never going to be there because I didn't want to be there. I didn't want to have, you know, one, I'm too crazy for them. Mm-hmm. I'm too much for them. 
You're a little too bold. Oh, yeah. You know, just because I like to parent differently than they do, I mean, that's, but sure, whatever. Um, then I got this job, the traveling job, uh -huh. which it started out good, but it also started out bad because they told me, oh, yeah, you'll be training, you know, 30 minutes from your home. I'm like, oh, that's great. Yeah, that's, that's awesome. That's awesome. Cool. No. They send me four hours away. So pretty much how far he was going to Pennsylvania, just in a different direction. Yep. So, <laughs> like, okay. But, I, but, the people you met there, you helped people oh, there. Oh, yeah. I, so, again, I, God once, moved you there on purpose. Once again, I was a, 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 a leader. I met some great people. I got to teach people, which I like doing. Mm -hmm. I like helping people. Mm-hmm. Um, you then, should talk about the guy. Which guy? The guy you helped. Oh yeah, I mean, uh, there was one guy. Just one. It was just a normal day. Come, I came back so on a Sunday night to get ready for to be there Monday morning, and you know he. I had already checked into the hotel. I was coming back out to the car to get something else, and. He's walking up, and I go, hey, man, how's it going? And he kind of looked at me. He goes, not good. And I go, okay, well, what's going on? He goes, oh, I tried to commit suicide. And all I did was I told him, I was like, well, I'm glad you're here. I walked up to him. I gave him a brotherly hug, like, hey, man, I care about you. Mm -hmm. And then... We spent all night. This, I mean, this was probably seven, eight o'clock, maybe, yeah, maybe eight. It's like six, six, seven, one, somewhere in there. And so I just spent until two thirty in the morning talking to him and listening to him and just trying to help him out. Mm -hmm. and, all, and and I remember you telling me all I wanted to do was get in the hotel uh, and just sit down and chill. That's all I wanted to do. <laughs> but apparently, the Lord had other plans for me. Mm -hmm. So. He's doing fine, you know. He's 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 got a job. He's functioning. He's doing well. It's his. like you don't realize maybe when God puts you in a situation that you don't understand why you're there. That He has a purpose that you don't realize, and you know you're in that situation and you help that person and He moves you to the next thing, even if you don't understand it. Oh yeah. <laughs> Well, yeah, all the people I helped there, I helped them understand. I helped them. I help people realize that there's a more efficient way. I help people. Well, I know a hundred percent, without a doubt, that the reason you got that job was to lead you to where we are now. Yeah, we would have not been able to get a, a house without this well, job. And th this is why, and we had also, um, the lady who the recruiter found me through something you put up, I guess. I was so like upset at the fact that his other boss fired him for, and then asked me to go to made sure I went to his wedding. Hey, I really want you to be there. Yeah, that was interesting, and he, you know, made it seem, of course, like he didn't, he was not at fault or anything. Oh, I'll, I'll even let you get in on unemployment, and I'm doing you a favor, and blah. Like it was just crazy stuff. Anyways, so I go on a Christian. I'm on a bunch of Christian mom groups. Like, um, that's my jam. I love being on there. Christian wives, Christian moms, like. I love supporting each other, helping each other out. So I go on there. I'm like, guys, can you just pray for my family? I'm looking for a job for my 
my husband and if you could just pray for me. I did not even expect this woman just reached out and said, my company's hiring. You should try this. And and it's just funny. Like God just worked it all out because he knew the plans. In the very beginning, the job felt very God-led. Very God was there. The people I met were godly. There was godly decisions made. So I I was I felt like it was a good company. Well, and it was, and the whole situation was good until you left Arkansas. Once you left Arkansas, no, not even that. No, how I got done when I went to training. You know that that was good. I guess once again I'm, you know, being a leader. You know, top of the class. Well, just... it's because you had a physical limitation that they were like, okay. But here's the thing, though. If you had oh, never and... gone done right. through that, we would never be where we oh, are. I, I completely understand that. And that's, and I'm fine with that. Here's the moral I, of the story. I, I'm actually happy that it did because my work became less, which is what I was asking for. I was asking not to beat my body up uh-huh. so much. Um, So my work became less, but... Not too much, I guess. Well, here here's the moral of the story is there are situations that are going to happen in your life, in your marriage, in your walk, and you're not going to understand and you're going to ask God, why am I going through this? Like, what is the purpose? Why am I going through this struggle? Why am I going through this? Like, why are you allowing this to happen? Why is the enemy getting me in this place? And you have to recognize that we build our strength and our fighting power in our struggle. Because when you're weak, you are strong. Our pastor actually pointed this out last week, and I thought it was a profound point. And I was I was really like, I've been actually meditating on this all week. Mm. Is when Jesus was um, sent to the desert for 40 days and 40 nights. He didn't eat for 40 days and 40 nights. And the devil came to him on the 40th day to tempt him. And he's like, I always thought that, you know, he he got him on the 40th day because he was the weakest. Because you would assume he's the weakest because he doesn't have food. But in reality, he was actually the strongest because he had learned not to rely on food and water, but God alone. And he had all the strength of God in him to be able to stand up to the devil and say all these things and stand against him. And you know what I get from that? That just goes to show the devil's stupid. Yep. Because... Instead of catching him, you're thinking he's weak. He's been out there for 40 days. No, he's the strongest he ever is. Right. So, Had you got a baby like day four, yeah, you probably would have been better off. Exactly. Of course, he is, Jesus is Jesus. And, you know, he's wasn't going to fall into the temptation anyways because, you know, he is the Lord. Right. But just the fact in itself that all that happened and he... So, you know, with that... He he tempts you, but he also catches you when you're weak. He that he is smart, but he's dumb at the same time. Yep, he's cunning. Yeah, sneaky. Um, but moving to where we are, it, of course, we try to buy a house once again. Our our, our lives are backwards. Everyone, <laughs> you know, we try to buy a house in the hottest freaking market, the busiest market with literally the we had the bottom credit we could have. We could physically have. Yeah. We luckily had enough money. God blessed us with enough money to be able to put a down payment on it. And not just that, we went all over we went the state. Everywhere. Of our, we covered every corner 
of we uh, Arkansas. Everywhere. And luckily, we had a, a realtor that was really cool. Yeah. And she drove, I don't, godless, endless miles. I don't even know how many. And I can't thank her enough. I mean, she's truly like a godsend because I was so worried because I was like, how are we going to be able to go? Like, we're not looking at a specific spot. Everybody that I talked to, realtors from other states, because we were looking in multiple states, they were like, yeah, I only cover this area. I'm like, dude, we're going to have to talk to like 15 realtors. This is crazy. It was also because the job was like, oh, you're going to move here. And then I get my hopes up. Oh, you're going to move here. Oh, I got my hopes up. I don't know how many realtors I talked to. Like, honestly, I felt so bad every time I was like, hey, we're not moving here anymore. (laughs) We thought, we were like, oh, we'll move to South Carolina where it's warm. You know, we want to be down there. By the beach. By the beach. No, then it's, oh, you're going to move to Florida or. No, Georgia. No, it was Florida first. Mm Mm-hmm. It was, you're, I'm going to go to Georgia, then I'm going to go to Florida. And then it was, oh, now a job opens up in Georgia. Right. Then it was, oh, this. And so I was just like, okay, whatever. So um, then we moved on the, we were looking the East Coast, and then all of a sudden it's like, yeah. oh, nope, now you're going to like Texas, Arkansas, Mississippi. Yeah. And we're like, okay. <laughs> okay, yeah. Not where I was so going. Then we, we literally look and look and look and look. And once again, buying of this house was God-led. Even though um, what seemed to be like a devilish per- devil worshiper kind of lived here. <laughs> <laughs> that was kind of funny. Um, it, it was very just God-led because no one, had, well, no one had been looking at the house. The house had been on the market for two years. Um, and it was because of a, the person living in this house needed to sell it so bad that when we swooped in, like, we came at the perfect time. Yep. But the funny thing is, I love telling this part of the story because this is so, like, God. <laughs> Every person that we dealt with, from the the owner of this house to the people at the title company to the realtors, every, like, almost everybody we talked to knew somebody that had been living in or was in the town that we were living in in Virginia. Like, they had a connection. So it's like, this is just so perfect. Like, this is just so ironic how this all works. Right. So we definitely knew this was the house for us because we needed something big, but something in our budget. Well, and that was the thing. We looked and looked and looked, and nothing met our criteria except this. Right. It It had a a few minor things that you wanted that it didn't have, but I think we've – well figured out all that stuff yeah, like and we're for the and, most part. and the the thing is our church that we're a part of and that it we're meant to be a part of is literally like 40 seconds away like yep. we can hop in the car and be there in 40 seconds yep. and so all this came through everything went good so we got this big beautiful house that everyone seems to rave about yeah and um, it's like and it's just it's amazing. Um, yes, there have been some things about the house that I was like, oh, I don't really want that. Oh, it, you know, there's always those things you buy in a house and you're just like, I don't yeah. really want that. I got to fix that. Right. Um, but it's a beautiful house. It's a beautiful house. And so spacious. So going back, once the job left Arkansas is when stuff kind of went started going downhill is when it started to feel the business felt devil led i i can i say devil influenced but yeah it was i think the people you were just working with just started getting worse and worse i went to oklahoma 
the part, the place where I got fired, the same supervisor, everything. And that just turned out, I mean, they knew that I had a disability. They knew that, well, I don't even know why they sent me there. But, you know, whatever, that's fine. Then I got, uh, just, it's a whole nightmare. After well, here's that. the crazy part. Here's the crazy part, because the details really don't matter after that. Yeah. The crazy part is, this job was making him so angry. And so, like, if I could tell, like, I'm going to be real here. Before this, like three or, f- no, not even, like two or three weeks before um, he got fired, he had a different tune towards God. Like, I'm talking like yelling, angry, mad. I mean, yelling at God, like, why are you doing this? You don't love me. You don't answer my prayer. Like, well, no, it, I'm telling, I'm not telling you this to, to no, judge you. I'm no, telling no, this as a standpoint of. It was, I literally felt like I couldn't catch my breath or win every chance I would see that, oh, okay, I can put in a good 60 hours. I can make a bunch of money here because the bonus will be great. Every time I would, I would start to be like, okay, I can now catch my breath. And the door would shut. They would be like, oh, yep. Contract ran out of money. Go home for two weeks. Go home for a week. And it's like, what am I supposed to do? Like, Well, what, where, where it was crazy was about two or three weeks before, like you said, a contract ended and he came home. And it was one of those times where like, I was glad he was home, but I was like, well, I, I'm, I hate that you're home because you were so miserable. And I didn't like saying that because I would like I wanted you there, but you were just like miserable. Like it was just hard to be around you. And we fought so much that week. And then he got the call to go back to this, you know, new contract. And like, I guess you had made a, a decision in your head that like I I need to like God, I'm just gonna try and like work with you on this and just I'm just gonna try to change and I was trying to work better. I was trying to work with everybody. And then it's because, like, it's crazy because then the second he gets fired or let go, whatever you want to call it, everything changed. Well, legally, they, you know, just, yeah, sure. It's a whole big thing. But, you know, I it was just, yeah, I finally just said, I'm just glad. I was so relieved to get out of that job. I was so relieved. I was just, to be home. Yeah, I I was just happy. I finally get to enjoy my house. I finally get to enjoy my wife. I, I finally get to spend time with my kids. I finally get to just enjoy the thing that I had been paying for, the thing that I bought to live in that I didn't even get to live in. Right. And so, so the, and just, we had a lot of connecting. That was fun. We've made a lot of memories in this house. <laughs> There's been a lot of love. Uh huh. They and, don't want to hear about that well, part. I'm just saying. It, <laughs> Not the details. It, well, no, I'm just saying. It's one of those things where if you submit to God, it will get better. If you spend time in His Word, you spend time with your spouse, you spend time with all this stuff, your life's going to get a lot better. We made a choice because we have been living life a certain way for so long. And we were like, what if we just do everything differently? Like a part of it was me changing and saying, you know what? And like I've been talking on here and through my TikToks and my everything is I chose to say, you know what? 
I'm going to lift my spouse up in prayer every single day. And I'm going to be an example for my spouse, a Christ-like example for my spouse every single day. Because it talks about in 1 Peter 3, 1 through 6. Wives, submit to your husbands, but don't ha- you don't have to use words necessarily. You use your actions and your behaviors. And the way that you act towards your husband can win him over. So don't sit here and, you know, just pray and say, oh, God, fix him. And that's it. You got to show it in your behavior. You got to actually show. You sure did, baby. (laughs) (laughs) I meant more like in how I was treating you and reacting towards you. you. and, And making like, you know, a difference in that sense. So. You know, I and I and I'm gonna keep talking about this forever and ever because it really did make a change. Don't stop praying for your spouse. If, if I don't care if it's a husband or wife, and it's the same thing. If you're not seeking God, seek God. If your spouse is not seeking God, you seek God harder, pray harder, and be that good example. And the, your spouse can come around. God can change hearts. You just have to be willing to say. You know, I'm going to pray for them every day. God soften their heart, turn their heart of stone into a heart of flesh. You know, give them wisdom and discernment and help me to be a guiding light. Because, you know, we can sit here and say, well, it's not going to make a difference what I do. It really does. We're, we're proof of it. We're proof that all you have to do is sit here and trust God, seek God hard. Because, I mean, everything is completely different. Like, it's only been a month, five weeks, whatever, and things are completely different. And, you know, going to what I said we were going to say at the one time is I thought about it. I'm sitting here and just looking at this house. This house is is very big. It's it's a place that is not just something for us to consume. I looked at this house and I go, babe, this house needs to be a revolving door of people. I, I said, I want to wonder who's in my driveway. I want to wonder who I'm coming home to because there will always be somebody who needs help or needs just prayer or just anything. So I look at this house as it was given to me for this reason. Mm -hmm. Who am I to keep it to myself when I can share what this house can do for other people? Absolutely. That's why I said, you know, we're having a garden. We're having all this stuff. We're having eggs. If a family was in need... And they or they moved to the area or they just fell on hard times or they're what whatever the case may be. Don't come rob me of the things that I have. Don't take full advantage of what I'm offering, but take what you need. Mm-hmm. If if you come, you know, I kind of want this place to be a place where the church sends people to get eggs, to get vegetables or whatever for their for their dinner. Because I will have an abundance. Mm -hmm. So I want to give back to the people, to even people who aren't godly. I want to give to the community. By being that example, exactly what I'm saying. We have to be this example for Christ because you know what, guys? I encounter every people every day who act like I didn't get what I want from God and God's a hypocrite and God doesn't give me what I want and he's not good and he's not faithful. But it's like, you know what? You believe those lies because people are twisting. You're you're going off people who aren't godly or you're going off people who aren't right and doing good. And you're saying that God is not real or God is not loving you, protecting you, whatever, answering your prayers because you're not getting an opportunity to see him from a different light. You're taking what the world's perception and twists of him is 
and saying, you know, these people are hypocrites. These people don't want to help me. We're too much in a take, take, take society. We want everything just given to us, but we don't want to earn it. You really want to talk about a godly moment? We're sitting here struggling. No, Like, I lost the job. I was hoping for something. Doing all this. We were barely being able to feed ourselves, feed the dogs. And what comes up? <laughs> a Jesus doggy. Yep. This dog has the best manners. Is just so, it's so lovable. We're sitting outside. Or, or a, no, we were inside. And it was pouring rain that day. Yeah. Like pouring rain. Like I'm talking like. Monsoon. Like monsoon. Like we had a river swamp in our backyard. So it stopped raining. The sun came out. And I see these dogs. Like we have dogs. Like I said, dogs just running everywhere. And I go outside because I'm like. You know, I don't want to keep all the dogs, but I would be like, I'll give you some food and some water and like, you know, whatever. So this dog just runs up these two dogs. And I was like, oh, I was like, come here. So the one ran away and the other one just came and is the sweetest little dog. Like, and he's literally laying here on his, in his new home on his dog bed because we rescued him. But it it was kind of like a Jesus moment because I, the first thing I said when he came up and he was just so lovable, I was like, God, I have no idea what you are trying to do to me, what your plan <laughs> is. I can't I can barely feed myself, much less now another dog. What do you want what are you trying to do to me? What are I I, I was just asking him, what does he want from me? What does he want from us? What are we doing? What <laughs> But the but the funny thing is this dog is like a like a street dog, like a stray. And it is the most like yeah, he barks a couple times and gets annoying sometimes in that sense. He's but very well behaved. He's so he's, loving. Like, the kids, like, they just sit down. He just, like, literally lays and, like, it's just, so he, cute. He just melts into them. Yesterday, my daughter was going to walk him outside. I mean, we we keep our dogs off a leash. But she put it on him because there was, like, a cat running around. He didn't want, she didn't want him to run away. So he puts the leash in his mouth and starts walking himself. Like, it was so cute. I'm like, what in the heck? This dog is so freaking cute. And it's just funny because, like... The amount of blessings and good things. We have great neighbors. Oh, my gosh. They're great. You know, just... the We went from such a horrible place in Virginia to even a horrible job here to... Blessings. Now, just <laughs> a, a abundance of blessings, abundance of love. There's so much love between us more than there ever was. I, I'm falling in love and, with him every day, like over yeah, again. Yeah, baby. <laughs> like, like what I'm telling you, like a man after God's heart is, is like so attractive. I'm not even joking you. I don't need, I don't want to go to work in the morning because I want to spend all my time <laughs> with you. So, and I think about you all day at work. I think about you all the time. I'm just – and then when I come home and you have my plate waiting on the table for me <laughs> and I'm just – I am so floored at that moment because I'm like, God, thank you for this beautiful woman that you have given me. Well, thanks, babe. <laughs> so to conclude this episode, because we're running out of time, of course. I thought we weren't going to have enough time, but uh, okay, here we are. Um, that thing that's going on right now, it, it will pass. This too shall pass. It's not going to be like this forever. But also, how you handle the situation is going to determine a lot of your struggle. It's just a season. Get in your word. I'm telling you, dig into your word. Seek God every moment of every day. Meditate on his word. Get to know him. Figure out what your purpose is in life to make a difference and and be able to take that and move forward. Yep. So we are going to conclude this episode. 
uh, that pretty much takes us through our life. And now we're going to get on to some really good topics after this. We're going to talk about, like, maybe some forgiveness, some past problems that maybe you can, you know, need help getting over. So we will see you on the next episode, and stay blessed.